Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtold with you as the Pirates just have a matter of days to decide who they want to select number one overall in the 2023 MLB Draft. And it's a question that's been circling the minds of Pirates fans and baseball fans alike for weeks. A decision that may define the tenure of general manager Ben Sherrington. And LSU center fielder Dylan Cruz and right-hander Paul Skeens They've been the talk of the baseball world for the past month. That's been capped by a College World Series championship and multiple awards that are basically just too prevalent to count. Cruz and Skeens are the consensus two best players available with Florida outfielder Wyatt Lankford and high school prospects Walker Jenkins and Max Clark rounding out the top five. And MLB Pipeline's Jonathan Mayo and I had a conversation earlier this week, last week, end of last week, to detail his thoughts on where the Pirates could go once officially on the clock on Sunday. Part of what Mayo said, quote, I keep using the term, there's no wrong answer, and it's an interesting year where there are multiple possibilities. Guys who fit the bill to be a potential number one pick, not just those two, referring to Cruz and Skeens. I found that pretty fascinating that, You know, there's been a lot of talk in the last week that the Pirates are still looking at options outside of Cruz, outside of Skeens. It could be a smokescreen. I think it ultimately is, but more on that coming up. In MLB Pipeline's updated top 250 draft prospects, Skeens, who is the College World Series' most outstanding player, ranks as the new number one player overall. Mayo's description of Paul Skeens, Quote, we haven't seen someone like him in quite some time. The ability to be a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy. I don't like using the term ace because there aren't many of them, but he has that potential. There's a reason why scouts, whose job it is to nitpick, think he's the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. And other comparisons out there that Mayo made are ranging from Mark Pryor, to someone that the Pirates selected number one overall not that long ago out of UCLA and Garrett Cole. But Skeens was more dominant in his draft season at LSU than Cole was at at UCLA when the Pirates took him number one overall. And the velocity that Paul Skeens continues to show, that he did show through the College World Series and throughout his entire season with the Tigers was just insane. Skeens is 21. He's six foot six from Lake Forest, California. He spent two years at Air Force, and he was a two-way guy before transferring to LSU and singularly focused on pitching. He was a catcher as well at Air Force and enjoyed catching. Six foot six catcher. 
Skeens became the first pitcher in 12 years to strike out 200 batters. He struck out 209 in a season, and he did so in only 122 and two-thirds innings. He walked just 20. In an LSU 6-3 win against Wake Forest in the College World Series, Skeen struck out 12 and threw 46 pitches 100 miles per hour or faster. And the crazy thing is, his slider still might even be his best pitch. Mayo quoted on the pitch, his slider, for Paul Skeen's, which he doesn't throw 100, mainly like 88. I don't even know how to describe his breaking ball. It's just stupid. His fastball is not his best pitch. It's a little true at times, and that's something he'll probably work on. The amount that he learned in this year working with the LSU coaching staff with one of the best pitching coaches in the country, Wes Johnson, who now took a job at Georgia, he became exponentially better as a pitcher. And, there, you know, there are some concerns for Paul Skeens that potentially, is he just a two-pitch pitcher? What are his th- What's his changeup like? But it's a potent pitch against left-handers. He is still able to use it as a plus pitch. He doesn't command it quite as well, Mayo said, but it is there. We're talking three-plus pitches, plus makeup. He checks off pretty much every box with the small exception of maybe track record. He only made 15 starts at Air Force and during the 2021-22 campaign delivered a 12-3 and record through 85 and two-thirds innings, 30 walks, 96 strikeouts, 117 whip. He did this while batting 314 with an OPS over 1,000, including 13 home runs and 38 RBIs. And the limited amount of time on the mound could be viewed as a negative, but it also could be viewed in a positive light due to how fresh his arm could be going into the future. He hasn't used it as much. It's not going to be as taxed as a lot of other college arms that put so much mileage on during their freshman and sophomore years. I mean, I said, the flip side of that coin is that he showed what happened when he focused on pitching for the first time only this year. He said, I'm not too worried about it. Anytime you're talking about a player at the top of the draft, you have to pick apart everything. I'm sure there's been some digging into all of that, but I'm not sure he's looked tired with this huge new workload. Not in the slightest. When his velocity drops, He's still sitting 98 to 100 miles an hour instead of 99 to 102. A pretty nice problem to have. Now Dylan Cruz. He's an all-around 5 tool player. The ability to hit in the middle of the order for a decade. He bypassed the opportunity to jump to minor league baseball. In the 2020 draft, he withdrew his name to play at LSU. An opportunity that has paid off significantly. Cruz has three years of track record in the best conference in college baseball. Mayo said he's done nothing but hit, driving runs, he gets on base, he's proven that he can play center field. There were some questions out of high school surrounding Cruz's ability to stick in center field for the long haul, but the 2023 Golden Spikes Award winner and Gold Glove winner has curved those concerns through three seasons, especially with the 2023 Gold Glove. The Longwood, Florida native hit 426. 426, that's unfathomable to think of. In 71 games, 16 doubles, 18 home runs, 70 RBIs, and the walks to strikeout rate is ridiculous. He walked 71 times, struck out 46 times, 567 on base. 
567 on base. That's something you find in your local wiffle ball league. 567 is in, it's just hard to comprehend that in the best conference in college baseball, with his numbers not as great playing in SEC games, which is not that hard to truly think about because of how difficult it is to play in that conference, he also had a 1.280 OPS. May have said he's gotten stronger and faster. Now we're talking about an up-the-middle player who's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. His on-base skills are ridiculous. Good plate discipline. He's got on base every game this year. You know how hard it is to get on base every single game in a season? Mayo said that's crazy, considering teams probably tried to pitch him around him as well. Yeah, I mean, they definitely tried to pitch around him. That lineup was fantastic. There are a ton of good players in the LSU lineup that contributed to the championship season, the seventh ever College World Series championship for LSU. Cruz could his, could hit his way, though, to double A by the start of next season after limited at-bats to conclude the current minor league campaign. But here's the kicker. Rumors are swirling and surrounding Cruz that have indicated that he wants to sign for full slot value or even higher. Full slot value is $9.721 million this year. That ranks over $850,000 higher than last year's slot allowment for the number one pick. And Dylan Cruz is represented by Scott Boris, who the Pirates have had trouble with in the past. Remember the Pedro Alvarez situation? Signed on the dotted line at the last hour that he could. So the center fielder's interest level in the Pirates is also in doubt. Is it a negotiation tactic and a ploy from Scott Boris and his agency to try to get the Pirates to pass on Dylan Cruz and the Washington Nationals sign him for an absurd amount of money at the number two overall pick? Definitely overslot at that point. Well, the behind-the-scenes factors are speculation, but Mayo believes that Skeens is closer than many other top pitching prospects in other recent drafts, saying he's as close to a finished product as you're going to see coming out of college. I think you see him at double-A. You send him to double-A to start the year. Now, he doesn't think that Skeens will pitch this summer, and whoever selects him will opt to wait until 2024 after a, a huge workload with LSU. I don't know how you do put Paul Skeens out there in minor league ball. If you do side sessions, bullpens, I don't know how you throw him out there in a game, in a game in Bradenton or a game in Greensboro when he's been used so much. He was throwing upwards of 120 pitches in the College World Series. That's an arm that you pick number one overall that you do not want to get any more wear and tear, even though he does not have as much innings on his arm as a lot of other college pitchers that are coming out this year. Skeens would be the number one pitching prospect in the Pirates system by a mile, ahead of Quinn Priester and rising left-hander Anthony Solomato. Now, Ben Charrington said on his radio show last week that he probably won't know who the Pirates are selecting until late on Sunday, which obviously the GM is not going to try to give anything away, partly for negotiation tactics or for, it's not like anybody else really has to be concerned with what the Pirates are doing, any other teams, but the Pirates probably don't want to give anybody else a read of what they are doing to try to start off the draft. Or also give Scott Boris something else to twiddle his thumbs around and try to create another media frenzy that the Pirates will have to stay away from Dylan Cruz, which 
if the Pirates think Dylan Cruz is the best player on the board, they should take him. But Jonathan Mayo and some other scouts believe that MLB that schemes could get MLB hitters out right now. And he said, like a lot of us, I'm one of them that's guilty of falling in love with Dylan Cruz and now opting really for Paul Skeens. At the moment, he's siding with the best arm in the draft. He's in camp Skeens. And he said, just because you can't find that very often. Dylan Cruz is going to be very, very good. He may even be an all-star. He may even be a star. But you are more likely to find that kind of player again in the future. Somebody who hits in the middle of the order, who is a consistent run producer, can play a solid center field for you. But he said that all that being said, there is some inherent risk when you take a pitcher. Things could go wrong and and guys break down. And if you're looking at it right now, that's got to be the only thing that really concerns you with Paul Skeens. He's as close to a finished product as Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole. He can get the job done to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. Both Skeens and Cruz offer intangibles any team would covet at the top of the draft. One a potential guy that can be a horse, which every successful playoff team seems to have. And the other... A fast outfielder with range, solid bat speed to pair with Brian Reynolds through the decade. There are two guys here who have performed at the highest level of college baseball, took their team to the championship, won a title. It won't take them very long to get to the big leagues. It's very, very difficult right now for the Pirates, but should it be? You have two guys that are out there from LSU that are the consensus top two guys. Don't try to convince us that Wyatt Lankford or... Max Clark should be selected over these two guys. They are clearly the top two players available in the draft. There's no question about that. There's no reason to think that the Pirates should select anybody else. And I understand the whole allotment of bonus pool money, and the Pirates have about $16 million, upwards of $16 million to spend, that they can sign other guys. They have four picks in the top 75 or so. The Pirates have the availability and the opportunity to get a ton of players like they did in the 2021 draft when they signed Henry Davis, when they could have went out and got Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker, who has not seen very good fortunes for him since the draft. But the Pirates decided to go with Henry Davis. He is one of, if not the best hitter in the Pirates order right now. Nick Gonzalez is performing well for the Buccos as well. Another first-round pick who had three hits, drove in two runs last night against the Dodgers as the Pirates were able to battle their way back and win 9-7 to and get to the Dodgers' closer. There's the argument to be made that the Pirates should go with the everyday guy. The guy who's going to hit third, fourth, fifth in your order, maybe second, play center field every day, drive in upwards of 90 runs, maybe even 100 runs, and hit 20 home runs. Steal some bases, play solid defensively. He won a gold glove in college. Or do you go with the potential number one frontline starter to pair with Mitch Keller, who they've had contract extension talks with before? And Jason Mackey talking on the fan yesterday with Donnie Football on the 4th of July even put it out there that you should kind of think about the fact that the Pirates are looking in other directions other than just Skeens and Cruz that it is possible that they do go in a different direction. Will it actually happen? Who knows? But the possibility is out there that the Pirates could go away from the two LSU stars. Now, that could be 
just to get the attention of Cruz and Skeens at number one. Maybe it is a smokescreen. I think it is a smokescreen to just kind of push people away from what the Pirates are looking to do right now. And part of that is all negotiation tactics. Dylan Cruz, Scott Boris, you put out there you don't really want to play for the Pirates. Well, what if we say that we want to take Max Clark, which one mock draft over the last couple of days has put out there? It's a possibility that might not happen. The Pirates will still probably select one of the two guys. Who will it be? Jonathan Mayo thinks it's Skeens. I think at this point it's Skeens. And that the Pirates will side to just go away from Scott Boris. But not so much that. Go away from Dylan Cruz, the speculation around that. But also because they think that Paul Skeens is just that guy. That he is dominant enough on the mound that they need him. And that they think that the bats are going to play. There's nothing wrong with getting another bat in this lineup. But who is the top of the rotation starter that you see on the Pirates right now? Mitch Keller kind of got beat up on Monday against the Dodgers. Not able to win that game. If there was a game that you thought the Pirates would be able to go in and win, it was that one where Clayton Kershaw was scratched, one on the IL. And it was Mitch Keller against some guy on the mound that not Clayton Kershaw. Pirates not able to get it done in that game. But able to get it done in the second game of the series. Game three from L.A. is tonight. Osvaldo Beto on the mound. The Pirates need to continue to play the kids. Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez playing great. It's time for Andy Rodriguez. Get Quinn Priester up here. I don't want to see Oswaldo Beto. It's just not worth it. What does he give you, the Quinn Priester? I know he struggled at times in the last couple of weeks. But he's also put together some good performances as well. What does it hurt to bring Quinn Priester up here and give him a shot? Andy Rodriguez, same thing. I know he's in the All-Stars Futures game. But do you really want to not give him the opportunity to have a chance to play and a chance to be a viable member of your starting rotation where you've had injuries. Vince Velasquez is not playing. He's out for the season. JT Brubaker's been out for the season. A little bit of ineffectiveness again last night from Luis Ortiz. Rowanzi Contreras is in the bullpen trying to get right, but still has a lot of time to go before he truly is right and he truly is back to his simple ways of being a starting pitcher that can get guys out. So if you're the Pirates, neither option is a bad option unless you go with somebody outside of Cruiser Skeens, which would really set the world on fire in Pirates land. Pirates Twitter, if Twitter isn't down on that day, would go absolutely ballistic and berserk and not thrilled with the decision. That shouldn't be a factor in what the, the decision is for the Pirates. But it should be either Skeens or Cruz. It should be it should be Cruz because he plays every day and just the type of player that he could bring to the lineup. He had 426. He never got out in 71 games for LSU. Now, that's not going to happen on the Pirates. That just doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. But he is somebody that you could see potentially even in the lineup in August for the Pirates next season, maybe even July. Past the Super 2 deadline. He's somebody that's going to hit and hit and hit where he thought that it was so quick when Henry Davis got here in the limited at-bats that he had. It could be even quicker for Dylan Cruz. The draft is on Sunday. LB Network and ESPN. The Pirates have a huge decision to make. A lot of people think it could be Cruz. A lot could be Skeens. Jonathan Mayo of MLB Pipeline right now is siding with Paul Skeens. 
And I think that that's the direction the Pirates will go at this rate with Paul Skeens, the flame-throwing right-hander who threw, oh yeah, 40-some pitches over 100 miles an hour in the College World Series against one team. And his fastball isn't even his best pitch. The pre-show's next. I'm Austin Bechtold, 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.